0: welcome to tiny town library thanks for joining us we're coming to you straight out of the library with town news community updates book recommendations and an interview with a local person of interest my name is bonnie i'm the library director here at the dalen memorial library and with me today is our children's program director miss joanne
1: hello
0: there hi Amy just came in the door on this beautiful day. She's our interlibrary loan specialist.
1: It's so sunny out. It's lovely. Oh, I'm
0: jealous. I can't wait to go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And Madison is here helping us produce this podcast.
2: How are I'm you?
0: Good. Dow, I know you've been struggling with asthma. So if anyone hears Madison cough, she does not have COVID. Sure. It is strictly the most beautiful spring day and everything's blooming. So <laughs> it's a side effect, right? Yes. I'm exactly. sorry for your suffering.
1: I would rather it be warm and sunny. Than okay. It's not. So. I'll take it.
0: (laughs) That's fair. That is fair. Um, This episode, uh, we're titling National Library Week. Happy National Library Week. To you as well. Um, This is a celebratory week because usually, um, unfortunately it's COVID, but usually we load this week up with programs and events and we invite everybody to the library and spring is kind of here. But of course, it's different this year. And we are not having that type of week, but we are inviting everybody to come to the library and, you know, do what you can curbside pickup, and and we're getting ready with cleaning up the backyard and all that's going on. Um, The American Library Association every year publishes their library report, and they put it out yesterday. And usually it's like a lot of statistics and things about, you know, how libraries are doing, kind of like State of the Union, but State of the Libraries. Mm And instead, they did a special report this year for COVID. And I opened it up, it was long um, because it was filled with stories. So, this was interesting stories of what libraries did this year to get through COVID. And I saw so many stories that were like ours. And I felt so supported and proud. So, I just want to thank all of you because I thought, hey, we did that, we did that. You know, like it was a choice when we closed to just go home and it's been exactly a year now Mm -hmm. we closed on march 27th and instead we went home and came up with new ideas and so for our own town report i had to write kind of an overview of the year and when i was reading the american library association report it was like almost identical so there were stories of libraries protecting their communities by first closing right not knowing if we were the spreaders but then connecting with the elderly community to make sure they got services and food and, you know, just...
2: That's right, I'd forgotten about that. Remember
0: Dan delivered food and like, he's like, I "I have food, but I don't know who to give it to. So Mm -hmm. like, that was a good... I forgot
2: about that.
0: Right, that's one of the stories. So I'm like, hey, that that sounded really similar. And and we put that little free library out at first, but then, you know, we kind of got in trouble because we're like, we don't know if COVID lives on materials. So even though it was sad, oh, Anybody want to get that? (laughs) Um, Also, so like that was in the beginning, You know, we had to protect the community and protect the library and our staff. And then we pivoted because it was like, okay, what can we do? What services can we provide? And we went in this whole digital direction where, okay, provide digital services. Sounds so easy, right? Mm -hmm. But we didn't really have that set up. So some of the stories in the report were about what people did. So like we picked up hoopla and that online library card we never had online library cards right. and our like it wasn't us, our library operating system like offered that and they were pivoting too. So there were some stories about that and just kind of like persevering through COVID, being the cheerleaders in everybody's community, keeping people connected, like getting that Zoom account and making meetings happen and making programs happen. That was a choice. And, you know, not all libraries chose to do that. Some people just kind of like waited to like, let's see what happens. So I was really proud when i read the report because i felt like they were talking about us mm-hmm. so congratulations to you and if you get a chance to read it um you might see the same thing and ultimately i think we are a stronger library because of what happened you know like i think we challenged ourselves to step up learn some new skills mm-hmm. and um, i'm often on meetings and people will say Bonnie, can you help us with the Zoom? And I'm like, I'm not a Zoom expert, but after a year, you feel you like, are. all right, yeah. you, yep, I know where that screen share is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turn it on and off. Uh, another big thing about Library Week is advocacy. So um, some things are coming down the pipe for libraries, potentially. And um, I did send a link out, the Build Back American Libraries. I saw as- that
2: link and went, I went on it.
0: Right. So the new administration is um, putting together an infrastructure bill and libraries could be part of that. So we often think that that's building bridges, building roads, you know, getting people back to work. But they're looking at the possibility of funding libraries. And um, we all kind of tackled, you know, HVAC systems and really basic necessities to have a healthy environment in your libraries. And if you have a building project, which we do, um there could be money for that so i'm you know fingers crossed for that also um advocacy makes me think of the friends of the library so if you are not a friend of the library yet i'm going to encourage you to join this is a fantastic group in town all their membership dollars and their fundraising efforts go straight back to the library you know that joanne you benefit greatly from the friends of the library i really do right they're wonderful volunteers and it helps us out and it gives you a connection if you are new to town or if you've been here a long time it's a great volunteer opportunity so the friends of the library you can find information about them on our library website and then a final plug for advocacy if you haven't made a donation yet to the mount vernon library charitable foundation in support of the new library i'm going to encourage you to do that today if you are listening to this podcast and you don't even live in town maybe you just love libraries um, you can set up a donation through the Foundation website, so that's um, mblcf.org. The Mont Vernon Library Charitable Foundation also has a Facebook page. You can visit there and make a donation, and fun fact... I know this sounds like PBS or whoever raised this money on TV. You can set it up to do a monthly donation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you can do, that's NPR, right? Yes. So we're not going to give you a mug, but you can set it up and do $10 a month, $25 a month. I, I didn't see that feature until I recently went back in to make a donation. And I was like, oh, you could just do it monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the money that goes to the foundation is going towards the new library project. And you're going to hear a lot about that this year. We're getting ready for... Um, you know, the next step in the process, which is, you know, to raise as much money as possible towards the new library project, because we'd like to go with a warrant next year at town meeting. So March 22, jump in on that. And um, that's kind of how we're celebrating library week this week, right? We're just Mm -hmm. hoping to reopen the trustees have given us a date of April seventeenth, So no promises, we're hoping for the health of the community Mm -hmm. until April seventeenth, But we would love to reopen. And that will be our walkthrough service with limited capacity of three. So that's good news from the library. It's It's time. I
2: feel like it's time. It is.
0: Um, I do have some sad news. Um, Our Mount Vernon Fire Department had a loss. Dave Bellamy passed away on Friday, March 27th in his home. It wasn't a fire. It was a sudden death and very unexpected, sad. He was only 52 and he spent 25 years as a volunteer fireman. Um, he was remembered this past weekend uh, at a memorial service at the fire station and I just want to send our deepest sympathy uh, to his friends and family. They got up and spoke about how generous he was with his time and always there for the community.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, we will remember him as a helper at the summer concert series. He came and did, well, I will remember him. I asked them to do a barbecue at the first summer concert we ever did. and. Yes. I was kind of, you know, begging and hoping they would do it, and they did it for eight weeks.
1: I
3: think they loved
0: it. I think yeah. they loved it, and Dave was a big part of that. Um, he would show up with the tables and the grills. That was not an easy thing to do to drag mm-hmm. everything over, but um, that was that was my good memory of his generosity and just feeling like he was, you know, a big part of that effort. So um, we're sad for them. So uh, also part of the weekend, it was busy weekend. <laughs> The Easter festivities, the rec department did the bunny hop. I know Eliza went. Did she yep. hop through the bunny line? How did that go?
1: It was all a drive through We didn't even have to get out of the car. It was very easy. Everyone was very friendly. She got her uh, little bag of, of goodies, and so she was excited to paw through that. And
0: did she so get a she, golden egg? I heard there were golden eggs in the did bag. Not.
1: Aww. I told her, I said, if you if open the bag, I said they said the golden eggs would be right on top so you don't have to dig. And she said, nope, no golden eggs that was okay that all right
0: there's fun. always next year is she done is she aging out was that her last year
1: uh she will she be well. year. next year so <laughs> next year she could still do the egg hunt last year
0: all right we'll throw golden eggs in front of her for her <laughs> last year right hopefully we'll be back on the field and have a regular easter egg hunt hopefully um, i know we
1: will
0: yes we will Also, we did our uh, Peep Diorama contest. We hosted uh, 22 Peep Dioramas. They were awesome, super original, different age categories to give everybody a chance to win. And our our big winner, we had people come in and vote. Our People's Choice was Lita Nemerson. She made an awesome diorama that was an under- water Easter egg hunt. I loved it. It was so original. I had an octopus. She took a peep and made an octopus out of it. Very cute. And we never know who's going to win. Like there were a lot of really good. The um, people, the people come in
2: and and that's right. We're not picking the
0: so, our friend Maude made a fantastic adult entry that was Bridgerton. And, Bridgerton, the peep and I was
2: it had good. lights.
0: I thought that would have been like, that's it. It's so easy to decide, but that's not what the people chose. So, oh. we always have to wait and save. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's only getting bigger and better. We were pretty full. It, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it here if we oh, get past 25. Beautiful. Another reason for the new library. I know. Just for the peep Just diorama. <laughs> we need space for peeps. And then an unexpected win was the peep scavenger hunt. We hid eight large peep wooden made out of what plywood, um, Hit them around town and gave clues where to find them. And I think if you just came to town and saw the blue one at the welcome sign, you'd be like, what's that about? You know,
2: they were so cheerful, so cheerful.
0: Right. So we're definitely going to do it again next year. I had a little issue with the wind blowing them down, but other than that, pretty so good. maybe
2: more screws. And
0: harder, we got to make the clues harder. <sighs> so uh, yeah, that was a success. And um, I will, the last bit of news for town is that spring gala is canceled. It's sad. Um, Another year with no spring gala, yeah. but good Who news. I
2: knew this pandemic would just linger on and on, i sick of it.
0: I know, so the library on spring gala day usually does a plant book and junk jewel sale. And the friends of the library have decided to host just the plant sale Mm -hmm. and they're going to do it on May 22nd and they're going to hold on to those books and jewels and push them into what might be summer gala. Mm -hmm. So Heather Kennedy, our rec director has been challenged to maybe move this event into later, you know, into the summer. And if they do that, well then the books and the jewels will be fun. We'll do like a flea market, but the plants can't wait. They're popping up like crazy out Mm -hmm. there. So, sue reese is the chair of that event she is going to host she said the biggest best plant sale oh, ever
2: she's lovely and she's got such happy energy yes. you know sometimes it's hard to find a volunteer to continue with a certain um activity or event every mm-hmm. year and you think oh i hope hope we can you know rope the same person or get somebody else but sue is just like ready to go she has a love for this event i hope she never
0: I think that reinforces my theory that if you find a person who's good at one thing, mm-hmm. never let them go. Like, right. they can think about it all year long. Not, just
2: do Don't ask. make
0: Sue do the do Easter it. egg hunt. Don't make <laughs> her do Halloween. Just keep her on plant sale because she's the best at it and, yep. and she loves it. So we're really excited for that. They're going to make that announcement. Again, it's Saturday, May 22nd from 9 to 2, rain or shine. It's going to be a fantastic collection of perennials, annuals. They're even talking about raffles, so that'll be fun. And uh, again, that's a fundraiser for the friends. All that money goes back to the library, so that's a win for us, right? Excellent. Okay. And that's it. How about the news from the kids? What's happening at the library?
2: Oh, the little kids—they keep me busy, even though I don't get to see them in person. Just—I've been doing take and make crafts for a long time now in the front of the library. We put together about 25 crafts usually holds me for the week. Sometimes, for whatever reason, they'll clear me out on a Tuesday and I'll have to like think of another craft um, to put out for the week. But um, those have been very, I think, appreciated. I'll continue with them until it's time for story time out on the lawn again, which the weather is getting nice. And so as soon as it looks like nice weather is here to stay and the ground is dry, so maybe the end of April, maybe right into May, we'll be doing story time again on the lawn.
0: Ooh, people are looking forward to and, that.
2: Yes, and we'll do book bundles probably again, and then I will stop. Then they can take crafts at that time because I'll I'll be doing doing that. Conti- I'm continuing with my story time, pop Up Story Time, on Facebook
0: um any hints about the summer reading
2: program oh yes the summer reading program the national theme is tales and tales so
1: Ah. so
2: stories about animals and my husband and i have already been brainstorming about what will go out front
1: i
0: was bragging at a director's meeting Mm -hmm. they wanted you to say your best advertising what do you get the best feedback from and you know they thought everybody was going to say facebook instagram Uh i'm like Oh, yeah, just that little thing we put out front every summer gets a little bit of attention. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> just mm-hmm. a little bit. So yeah. keep, I'm sure it's highly anticipated because we didn't do it last year. We
2: didn't do it. I, I, I made a small model because our, our spring yellow was virtual, and so we had, you know, shoebox size um, float, and I did win that prize. It's
0: true. Jack and the Beanstalk. The Jack and the Beanstalk Winner.
2: was miniature, and my husband was so glad he didn't have to make a... So, um,
0: I'm sure he'll make up for it this year. <laughs> yeah.
2: So um the summer reading program planning is well underway. I've been doing the. I'm doing
0: assuming the we're in person.
2: Yes, we'll be outside. Exciting. Do I need to say anything else? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. We'll Not be yet. outside. Uh
0: huh. That's exciting.
2: And hopefully we'll just have perfect dry
1: weather. Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm looking forward to seeing the kids again in person and. Um, I've had my first vaccine. I get my second vaccine on next week. Um, I think so- that's
0: why the trustees felt comfortable with mm-hmm. reopening is that that we're going to be vaccinated. Right. Um, so, like, then we're not, you know, we're not out there just kind of putting the staff at risk and mm-hmm. then putting the, the patrons at risk. So, I know, one giant step forward. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yes. So,
2: that's about what I'm doing. I'm just really planning my the summer reading program. I cannot wait. Up. Wrapping up book clubs for my kids. I just My littlest ones, we just finished. I've got two more left. And um, the teens, we've got a teen awesome. program. It's pizza. Teen, teen, make your own pizza is next. So
1: look at it really teens.
0: They're going to love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to love it. All right, Amy, book recommendations. Yeah. What are we reading?
1: Well, <clears throat> first, before I get into the, the books, I wanted to mention Daylon Digital Picks. So we, we started that. It's been a year. It's, it's been another year. anniversary. Um, yeah, good job, Amy. Since we started wonderful. posting those uh, and sharing that information. So, books that are available on Overdrive, or once we got Hoopla, Hoopla as well. Um, 560 books we mentioned. Over Woohoo! The past year. So that was
0: all so themed. I that's told her, I said, Are you afraid to run out of themes? <laughs>
2: Not yet, not yet. Books we'll with globes on the cover. <laughs> we that we mentioned. That's all you, that the digital thing.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I, it's easier to say we. You know, it feels weird <laughs> just to say me because it's the library. The it's library.
0: always it's a, a surprise us, but... to me on Wednesday, too. I'm like, what's the theme today? It's exciting. Yeah. Thank you for that because um, in the beginning, and again, it's so easy to forget. That's all we had. overdrive like if you wanted to borrow a book from the library it either had to be on overdrive or hoopla and that was it for a while so i know
2: remember the people that would call and beg they just wanted the books when we knew (laughs) that we were closing any second people came in with armfuls Mm -hmm. of books to tie them over yep and then there was that whole time where we couldn't get them anything Mm -hmm. except this so. accept
1: this. So I thank you for your great.
0: ingenuity coming up with this. It was, um, that was a perfect pivot and something you had to learn how to do.
1: Yep. So. Yep. It was good. It's been fun doing those this year. So, uh, one of the Dalen digital picks that I did a few weeks ago was about thrillers. And I admit, I've kind of been on a kick of that sort of suspense thriller, psych- psychological thriller genre. Um, and so I wanted, I have five books. I'm not going to run through like what each of them is about. I just wanna talk about the first one really quickly and then I'll mention the others. <clears throat> so the first one is The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. Ooh, that's on the shelf. And it, yep, we have that one here. And it's it's kind of a modern retelling of Jane Eyre, but it's, it's very it's a very loose retelling. Mm-hmm. And if you did not know the story of Jane Eyre, you could pick up that book and read it and enjoy it for the story that it is. But if you know Jane Eyre and know the characters' names and know The story of what happened you will you will enjoy the author's nods to the original story
0: i didn't know that you
1: could do it yep i really enjoyed that one um who is maud dixon by alexander andrews that's a book we also have another sort of twisty thriller suspense you don't know what's going on is it this is it that it kept me guessing right up until the very end so i love it when that happens i always try to figure out you know if it's like a who done it or the you know what's the twist going to be and most of the time I can't I can't do it and I enjoy that I enjoy not knowing pretty things by Janelle Brown that was an audiobook that I listened to and that is a, that one I it it didn't go where I thought it was going to go but I really enjoyed where the story took me so that was that one was nice to listen to his and hers by Alice Feeney another good sort of suspense thriller another one that i listened to as an audiobook she wrote a book i want to say it came out maybe two or three years ago called sometimes i lie and it was it was yeah sometimes i lie and the, the cover has a, a picture of a woman kind of falling in midair and um very dark very twisty totally did not see the twist coming at all in that one so when i had seen that his and hers came out i think his and hers came out just last year it's not brand new um I knew I wanted to listen to that as well. Really enjoyed it. And then I literally just finished it this afternoon, right after lunch, The Last Flight by Julie Clark. Ooh. That one, um, a case of, uh, not mistaken identity, but like swapping, swapping identities. These two women meet at an airport. Carrying I am. I said I wasn't gonna talk about it. Enough, but anyway, um, these two women meet at an airport they end up swapping their boarding passes they've already gone through security they're both in kind of uh bad spots in their lives and they think all right well we'll just go to each other's destinations and then you know start our our new lives and then it's the story of, of what happens after that that's this- it called the last flight. Ooh. For
3: do we own that?
1: We do, we do I need not not. To, okay, I need no, to get no. that. It came, it came out, out <laughs> maybe last year or the year before. Uh-huh. I can't remember. It's not it's not Or like, you could like, interlibrary loan. Right. That's that's how I got it. I borrowed it for an Interlibrary Loan for myself. <laughs> okay. So yeah. And then so those are those are some good thrillers if you enjoy that sort of suspenseful, twisty thriller kind of book. Uh, and then other books, both not new books, but I always like to mention some newer ones and then some older ones a book called Sin Eater by Megan Campisi. And Joanne, I was telling you about this briefly the other day. So sin eaters historically were a real thing. It was um, the sin eater would come and hear the recitation of someone's sins before they died when they were ailing. And then each of their sins was equated to a particular kind of food. And so then at the funeral, the sin eater would come back, eat all of the foods that had been laid out on the coffin, and they were the people at the time and this book was set in the 16th it's i don't know if it's just a british costume or if it was all of europe but this book was set in britain so i know it definitely happened there uh this and this book was set in the 16th century uh maybe late 16th early early 17th century um the sin eater when they ate the food, the people believed that they were literally taking on that person, the person that had died, taking on that person's sins, mm-hmm. so that the person could go to heaven with their soul cleared.
2: So what would happen to this, the eater of the sins?
1: Were they, they chastised? They were, they were shunned in the community. They were. No one would speak to them. They couldn't speak to anyone else. They had to wear a big chain around their neck that had an ass, they had an ass tattooed on their tongue. Ooh. So they on were- Earth, Would you even want to do that? Well, you didn't
3: choose it. Free <laughs> food.
2: You were if you're a hermit, you
1: don't care. You were forced into it. So the, the main character in this book, she's, um, she's caught stealing bread, and she gets put in prison, and she thinks, you know, what awful thing is going to happen to me? Are they going to hang me? Are they going to, you know, brand me? Nope, her sentence is commuted because she's going to become the new sin eater, because the, the current sin eater is too old and they need to apprentice someone. So she's the apprentice sin eater. They live, they're in London, it's near the castle. She gets brought to the castle to hear the sins of someone at the castle. And then there's some intrigue with the, the queen. Uh, it, was, it was a great story. Mm. Is there a book to like say,
2: I am a liar.
1: So, You should eat grapes. Oh, to look up. Mm -hmm. She did have a book. She, the the main character in in the story, her name is May. She didn't know how to read, but she had someone read portions of it for her. And she, just from being an apprentice, she learned, um, I don't remember any of the things off the top of my head, um. Grapes was one of them. I want to say that was... Infidelity
0: grapes. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say it.
1: Either it was infidelity or fathering a bastard. Oh, oh. I can't remember. I, it was one of the two, but some, something naughty like that. Um, you know, all the way up to, uh, you know, eating, eating particular animals' hearts had different symbology. You know? uh, the swan's heart was if you'd killed a queen, and a deer's heart was if you'd killed a uh, Baby. Wow. Uh, so a really, really particular. It was. It was. It was fascinating. Uh, the the beginning of the book has a list of of what mm-hmm. everything is. Equal. Do we have this book too? We do not. It is interlibrary loan. <laughs> it is available through interlibrary loan because again, that's how I got it. Or it is on Overdrive as an ebook. Okay. So you could go on Overdrive and download the <coughs> the ebook and read it that way. Okay. Um, yeah. I just preferred physical book. Then the other book that I wanted to mention that I've read recently is called The Orphan Master's Son by Adam Johnson. This one came out I us say maybe 2012. So it's going back a little ways. It won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 2013 and it's just this really really amazingly well-written story. It takes place in North Korea and it's it's too long and complicated of a story to get into, but If you're the kind of person that enjoys stories that take place other places sort of that that cultural like wow this life is so different from mine um you probably would enjoy this it's just it's a fascinating arc the whole
0: any predictions on this year's Pulitzer Prize it's coming out next week right yeah uh
1: well so I was looking this up again last night when I was talking with my husband about the Pulitzer's originally it was supposed to be announced in two weeks and on April 1st, they made the decision to push it out until June. So it will not oh. be announced now until June 11th. All right. So eh, we got to wait a little longer. And they're not, the Pulitzers don't announce a list of finalists like some of the other book awards do. So it's just kind of like they keep you in suspense. And then the day of, they're like, ta-da, here's the winner. So. Um,
0: and the bookstores are like, we don't have it. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's like right. an obscure oh, sure, book. Oh, we have to order. Right. Yeah.
1: So, so that's that. Uh, and then for books that are newly, there's one book that's newly out that I wanted to mention, uh, called Finding Freedom by Erin French, and she is the chef at the Lost Kitchen in Freedom, Maine, mm-hmm. and it's a memoir about kind of how she, her life, how she ended up in Freedom, what ended up happening, starting the Lost Kitchen. So I think that would be fascinating. I
0: think they covered that in the New York Times and Food and Wine this it's past month. An it's an a big release. Cover. It's oh a big release. Yep. It's
1: her holding this gigantic bouquet of poppies. It's just, it's so beautiful. Um, and then the other two books that I wanted to mention that are both being published on May 4th, one is The Hour of the Witch by Chris Bajalian, which I love him. I've loved practically everything I've, that I've read. Didn't you meet him? Written by him. I, yes, I've met him at least once, if not twice. The Gibson's, Gibson's bookstore, yeah. you know, because he lives just right over in Vermont. So he often, he will come to Gibson's when he has a new book released. And he'll speak and do a signing, um, everything's virtual now. But um, The Hour of the Witch, it's set It's, it's set in Salem. It's, it's witches, so it, whatever is that 17th century, 1600s. Um, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. I feel like everything he's written lately, he's just been on fire. Anything recently. with witch in the title. He's been writing good stuff. So that <laughs> would be really good, The Hour of the I Witch. I might be writing it down. Yep, yep. <laughs> And then Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead, which I heard about this one from Ellen Hildebrand. So thank you, Ellen. She mentioned it on her uh, Instagram stories. And she had written something like, if this book doesn't win the Pulitzer, I'm going to be so ticked off or something like that. So I thought, ooh, what is this book? I have to Google it. And it's not out yet. It's, it's something like 600 and something pages. So it's huh? an epic, epic book. Uh, it, it's just the description, it sounds fantastic. I'm just going to leave it with that. <laughs> so awesome. Great
0: circle. Excellent. Thank you for recommendations. Uh, we are moving into our interview portion, so we're going to pause uh, the podcast and be right back with our special guests.
2: Okay. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with our special guest. Eileen, neighbor.
0: Hey, <laughs> thank you, Eileen. You gotta add the um, part 14 Beachell
2: Road. That's oh,
0: that's is. right. Eileen, um. neighbor,
2: 14 Beachell Road. <laughs> <laughs> Eileen goes to all of the town meetings mm-hmm. and just about every Zoom. I think you should win an award <laughs> after the pandemic is over for most attended <laughs> and most informed. Town resident. (laughs) It's true. We want to thank you for (laughs) this great service that you've given to our town over the years. Eileen just had a birthday. Yay! It was an important birthday. Happy Happy 90th 90th birthday, Eileen.
0: Thank
3: you. Thank you.
0: I I actually thought you were going to be mad um, that I told people you were 90, but your daughter called me and she said can you do a card you know drive just cards nothing major or whatever and when i put it up on chatter i thought well she doesn't you know mind that i told people she was 90 but i saw you on your birthday and i told everybody like she looks spectacular. She does not look Virgin 90. Ann, whatever 90 looks like, I'm like, I want to look
2: like that when I'm doing. Yeah,
1: you not have to tell us your secrets.
3: <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm proud of the age mm-hmm. and uh, I know when Earl Rich uh, did his 80th and you had the drive-by and I was over to get mask material from him and so we were comparing ages. So I I've never, I'm not one of those that hides my age.
0: Mm-hmm. Nobody believed it. They could not believe you were 90. So.
3: Well, I've exactly. aged very well.
2: You yes, have. you have. Yes, you have. Well, we have a certain question that we always ask our guests, and it's what people really want to know. We want to know how you landed in Melbourne.
3: Okay. Uh, back in uh, 1962, uh, we. my husband, well, let's start over. My husband and I grew up uh, just outside of Buffalo, New York. His job took him to California. Uh, I was ready to move back after the first month. Uh, Six years later, he agreed that we should move back. Uh, Found a job at Sanders in Nashua. Uh, We wanted a small town. We'd never heard of Nashua, so he said it can't be too big. Mm -hmm. So he came back. I went to my mother's with the children, to, while he found his housing, and he searched, and he searched, and I think it took him like three weeks. So we wanted a rental, and no one wanted to rent to someone with five children. So we ended up in Mont Vernon, mm-hmm. and as we looked for permanent housing, we fell in love with the town. Mm-hmm. The people were friendly. The people across the street came over down the street. The church. Uh, affiliates. So we said, we just as soon stay in Mount Vernon. Mm -hmm. So when we found the Cardi house at 13 Beach Hill Road, we bought it. Mm -hmm. So that's how we end. Pure luck.
2: 13, but your address is 14.
3: When we bought 13, it included property across the street. Mm -hmm. So our dream always was to build our retirement home across the street when we sold Our what was then our home, and of course when we bought it there was no numbers on any houses. So when we were ready to sell, that was thirteen, and across the street was fourteen.
2: Isn't
3: that big white house? The beaut. Yes. Yes. Your house? Our house did not look like that. I have to credit the what would be the second purchasers after us. Mm -hmm. Just gorgeous. They have done. He's meticulous mm-hmm. so it's it's gorgeous now we live in the little house that's on the field away on from the driveway, road yes the yeah that that's what we picked mm-hmm. we got tired of living on the road and of course back then it was gravel and every time the grader would come out, we knew the grader was in the area we'd run out and park our car on the front lawn to impede them from taking more of our front yard. Oh. So, yes, true. <laughs>
0: I can't imagine Beach Hill road gravel. Oh, it's, yes. It's depth
3: defying paved. Right? <laughs> like, it's a uh, speed
0: at which you people go through there.
3: In fact, if you see the, um, they've had a couple of clips on the news lately on road closed because of mud. Yes. There was a stretch, say an eighth of a mile stretch beyond our house that was like that at mud season. Mm-hmm. The bus couldn't make the loop. The school bus couldn't make the loop. Oh no! Mm-hmm. So our kids had to walk to the corner to get the bus oh, because of the mud. Mm-hmm. Every year.
0: Now there's mud signs everywhere
2: that mark, cross at your own risk. Yep. Yes, I mean,
0: yep. <laughs> at your yes, own
3: yes. Yeah. It's mud season. It's mud season. Okay.
2: Well, here's, a, here's another question. We would like to know what committees you have sat on and what are some of the changes you've seen to the town
3: i hesitate to even list committees because if i do i'm going to leave somebody out or claim (laughs) one that i wasn't on
2: okay (laughs) you could say which ones you know for sure you haven't been on
3: (laughs) Just okay. I've
2: been on everything
3: else. I haven't been a selectman. Yeah. My <laughs> dream no. My dream was to be the first female selectman. Oh, okay. And Jane conant beat me out. Mm. So that's it. Ah. I'm not gonna be a selectman. I agree. You
2: would be an excellent selectman.
3: Thank you. Um
0: I often hear the selectmen ask your opinion at meetings. I'm in the meeting, nobody asks me. And they're like,
1: i
3: a neighbor, what do you think? So
0: they, you are consulted as an expert.
3: I wouldn't say they consult me, but they are very, at any of the Zoom meetings I've been to, they've been very willing to accept my comments or recognize me when I want to say something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's ignored and, you know, sometimes it's weighed as, as it should be. Mm-hmm. But to go back to those Zoom meetings, one of the lifeblood of this pandemic has been town Zoom meetings. I've been to the Selectman's meeting. I've been to Heritage. I've been to zoning. I've been to building. I've Tonight is um, the first one on the lot. Well, there's two. A Heritage, I've been to theirs before. So I think I'll go to the um, town hall restora- I'll see you there. restoration, restoration or whatever they're calling it. You can learn so much about the town and stay at home. And I don't know why more people haven't taken advantage of that opportunity.
1: Well, now they we will. They've heard you
2: say
3: it. Well, because you must be very
2: busy going to the Zoom meetings. There are a lot
3: of meetings. Well, I, I don't make them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes there's one Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I don't do three nights in a row. <laughs> but <if laughs> it
2: I can go on.
0: It's a little bit like TV and theater. Like, if you just zoom in and listen, you know, it feels like an hour of a television show or something. like. Correct. It When in, in the old time you used to have to go to the town hall. Correct. It was the drive there, the weather. But Zooming feels different. You're, It's almost voyeuristic. You can listen and not comment. They don't call on you. but Or you could raise your hand and you're like, I, I have a comment. Correct. You know, I feel braver on Zoom than if you're in the room a little bit.
3: Right. And I also think on Zoom, they're speaking out loud to everyone. I don't know if you've been to a planning board meeting in person, but they'll lay the big plot plan out on the huge table and they'll all circle the table mm-hmm. yeah. and you're going, well, I, I wanted to see, but mm-hmm. I'm not a, an active, involved person, yeah. so therefore there's no room for me to view what's going on. But at Zoom, everybody hears everything. And I would like to see them, even when meetings start in person, I'd love to see them do the live streaming or Zoom of the meeting mm-hmm. so people can stay at home and right. listen to what's going on.
0: Right, because like the, the school board meetings, if you don't go into the Zoom, you can't ask anything, but if you watch it on Facebook, like I often listen to it Correct. in the background. I know they can't hear me or see me, but it's fine, at least I'm getting the information. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And
3: you're getting the information firsthand. Firsthand. Yes. And sometimes you don't want to be seen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason for you to be seen. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, listening or, you know. Oh, well,
2: that's very good advice. Well, you were on the trustee of the trust fund. Oh, yes. For long, many years. Yes, 30. 30, wow. okay. And you just recently retired
1: from that.
3: Correct.
2: Would you, would you like to talk, speak to the trustee of the trust fund? Sure.
3: Okay, what happened is... Um, I was walked into the Mount Vernon store way back. John Walsh was the proprietor, mm-hmm. and he said, "Hmm, trustees of trust funds need a bookkeeper. Would you be interested?" I'm going, oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. So he told me, "What it was paid, and you you were a employee." And he says, "If you do it, he says, then when the election comes up." would you be willing to run and be a trustee as well as the bookkeeper or treasurer or whatever? So I said, sure. So that's how it all started. And then I don't know whose position was up, whether it was his or someone else's. I got elected. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we went from paper and pencil to I put it on my home computer. In fact, that year I kept two sets of books, one on the computer and one pencil because I wasn't sure that it would work. And then of course the state wasn't computerized, so things evolved. But after thirty years I said, Give it up before they wish you had. Oh, so I resigned. Or I just didn't run for reelection.
0: Well I benefited from your trustees of the trust fund knowledge because mm-hmm. there are a lot of library accounts. There's a lot of trust funds yes. that set up for books, library use, so we always have to kind of track those because we imagine the new library is going to need new books and materials so we count that money as part of the project in a way sure so um, i you would always call to see if we wanted to invest it differently but um and also the tracking of the capital library capital reserve really important to know what's in there and who's contributing but trust me the trust funds manages all of that
3: correct correct what happened and i'd have to look it up i'm going to say 15 years ago, maybe. All of those, well, not all, not capital reserve, but the individual bequests to the library were held by the library trustees. And they were investing the money. And at some point, I think they decided either it was too much work or better invested if it was multiples of funds than, you know, better to invest a thousand dollars than a hundred. Uh, and they asked the trustees if they'd take over the accounting for those trusts. So the whole maybe seven, maybe eight trusts from the library got transferred to the trustees of trust funds authority. Well, holdings, it's still the library trustees who get to spend the money, but we hold it.
0: Um, I also benefited, you suggested that we put the garden, well you didn't the garden, but you said there was money in the Whipple fund to beautify the town. And we were able to put the garden around the gazebo with that right, money. Right. So um, I can never leave that garden. I am the keeper of that <laughs> garden, <laughs> and um, if you ever want me to plant, I think I'm, let me know. But I think of you when I'm down there, because I'm like, this was because, you know, like you suggested it and money needed to be spent out of that fund. And it does beautify the town. It was kind of like the essence of that trust.
3: Each, each trust has its own restrictions. So that one was beautification, and just it was I was always willing to tell people, hey, it's one there that could beautify, you know, it's one there that can uh, help some with medical uh, bills. Um, So just I like to get the word out that that money was could possibly be used for what you want.
0: And I love that project, so I thank you for that.
3: Well, thank the trustees that were there at the time we voted to allow you. <laughs> took three of Took three of us.
2: Well, you're just a real wealth of knowledge because you really seem to have the the information of right. the town and its runnings in your head. And you, I really think a lot of people look to you for that wisdom. So we do thank you for being on the ball. Tried to be. So, in a slightly different path, do you have advice for new families moving to town?
3: That's so broad. <laughs> you take
2: well, you your mother, yeah. a grandmother, and a long-time resident, and someone that's been very involved in the workings of the town.
3: So, they walked into their new house today and said, now what do I do? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The first thing I would do would be to go, to well, if it's open, go to the town hall, get a town report, mm-hmm. tells you all of what's going on, mm-hmm. when the, you know, places meet. Second one would be to go, go to the library because you have the um, preschool activities, you know, lap set and those and teenage reading, mm-hmm. and then I suppose the next... <coughs> If appropriate would be the schools. Mm-hmm. you know, go to the school, meet the principal, find out everything you can about the school mm-hmm. so it's really it's I think nowadays it's harder to find information about things you know than it used to be when we first moved here, people across the street, people down the road came over with bread, welcome you know um You knew who lived around you. Everybody was out, well, not everybody, but most people were outgoing. You'd ask the question, well, when do they pick up the trash? Uh, (laughs) You take it yourself. (laughs) Um, How do I get my mail? Well, that's your mail, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I get milk delivery? How do, you know, all of these things, and I think... I don't know, I just don't know if people are that encouraging to, maybe if you move into a new neighborhood where everybody, everybody on your street is new relatively, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's hard. I
0: think it's good advice, get involved, right?
3: And then, well, when you go to the town hall, you find out there's recreation. Maybe you want to be a fireman, or your husband, or one of the kids. But that town report has a wealth of knowledge of
0: that is good advice. what's that town is important. yes,
3: because mm-hmm. you can read cemetery, you can read you know recreation, everything, and look what's interesting, and of course get on chatter. <laughs>
0: So you were quick to get on chatter, and you find yourself in conversations there. Oh, yes. Right, so that's a modern communication tool that we never had before. Sometimes it's for good and evil, but so far,
2: yeah. There there are some stinkers on there, for sure.
3: One of the big faults on chatter, and I don't know if you read it last week, when I put on, I was looking for a washing machine, and I wanted an old-fashioned one. And Howard Brown uh, commented, I've got some rocks you can use, you know, (laughs) which... I laugh. I've known Howard for years. Uh-huh. And somebody commented as if that was a slam. I know. Oh, and I thought, oh. when you take it out of context and you don't know the people involved, and it did. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you want old-fashioned, how about some rocks?
0: Right. But, but surely Eileen Neighbor and Howard Brown are characters in the town of Mont Vernon story, and everybody who knows you knows, right. right? But if you're new to town, you're like, well, that wasn't very kind. <laughs> right, right. That, was,
3: that wasn't very nice, where because you know you don't hear tone of voice right. mm-hmm. you don't know who's friends but so. you're
2: glad that you're on
3: oh i mm-hmm. i read that all the time
2: yeah That's so why well my last question is if we're just looking for some you're not gonna like this general uh, some general wisdom No, <laughs> you do have 90 years of mm-hmm. life experience some general wisdom or
3: our reader our listeners. General, oh my gosh! I guess, I guess the biggest thing would be know what the rules are, follow them, mm-hmm. and then for townspeople, become involved. Mm-hmm. Go to town meeting. Mm-hmm. Go to deliberative session, even though it's a. It is terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> Vote. Right. Yes. Find out who's running. You know, if it's a candidate's night, go to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And say hello to the person sitting next to you.
2: Yeah, that's important, isn't
3: it? You know, as soon as you sit down in this, you know they're Mount Vernon people. I've met more people because I sit down and I'm not going to sit next to a stranger. Mm -hmm. I turn and I introduce myself. Mm -hmm. And you get to, well, where do you live? Oh, that's good, you know. Mm -hmm. You you can... Mm -hmm. Learn to know people Mm -hmm. just by saying hello.
1: All right, here's the secret about
0: me. Um, I would sit, like, behind you so that I could learn something at the meeting Mm because I didn't really know you, right? But you have a pattern paper, you and Ann Dodd, and I would listen to your comments to each other. And I would be like, oh, that's interesting. I never thought of that. Then I started to get to know you. And then I'm like sitting with you <laughs> and leaning over and saying like, what does that mean? So I have learned so much from you mm-hmm. about the process of our town government and who people are and the players. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that mentorship. and. I hope to be the future Ivy neighbor someday. Well, I'm just (laughs) all you
3: have to do, Bonnie, Mm -hmm. is learn to say, get up and say, I restrict. Well, I restrict. Reconsideration is one, but the other one is to call for the vote. Yeah. Stop the discussion. Say, I call for the vote. If it's just going on and on on. and on. Oh, that is good advice because sometimes.
2: Nothing ever gets done, because just make a decision, make a decision Right. And move forward. So that's-
3: We're saying everything three times over, <laughs> so I call, for, I call for the question and the moderator will stop discussion and say, okay, who wants to stop discussion? And usually everybody does want
2: to.
0: Okay, here's something. I always feel like when you go to the microphone... You have a good sense of the answer to the question, but maybe you're asking it for clarification so everybody else
1: hears the answer. Is
0: that true, or do you go to the microphone with true
3: questions? I usually know what the answer is. (laughs) Usually what I'm looking for is for everyone else in the auditorium Mm -hmm. to know the information that I know. And yes. some that information that a lot of time the principals don't want, necessarily want to proclaim, mm-hmm. if asked they will, but they're not forthcoming.
0: That's why they listen to her question, they're like, oh, I I here she comes,
2: here right. she comes. <laughs> pay attention boys. <laughs> Well, should we move on to oh, I gotta ask for one more question? Oh, I see. It's a good question. Yes. Yeah. So
0: of course we want to get a sense of what your feeling is about the new library project. And just because we're asking you, I know you're not gonna say, you know, the nicest always, you know, the thing that we want to hear, but it's always honesty from you. I was gonna reach out to you for comment because um, our fundraiser who's helping us raise money for the project said, Could you get six people to give their opinion about the new library project? You came to mind. And so we were going to do this anyway, but what, is, what are your thoughts about the
3: new library project? Two thoughts. Number one, I think the road should be built in its simplest form to the cemetery. All right. The cemetery can't use their property without the road. If the library can come off of it, perfect. The road is to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. The library itself, love the idea. Love moving it. Unfortunately, well, if you had to downsize it a bit to get it, I'd do it. If I could get it as proposed, and that's always a toss-up until you actually get to town meeting. Mm -hmm. But if there were some, maybe the glamorous porch, maybe a second meeting room, if there was... Settle for a little bit less if that's what it takes to get it.
0: So, you think it's about the money, like if we came in with a lower price, smaller building.
3: And felt, and you, it's, it's a crapshoot. If you go, you go to town meeting and if you feel that it can pass at double the price, terrific. Mm-hmm. But if it takes Maybe a quarter of the price off, and I don't know. Maybe plantings, maybe lighting, maybe whatever. I'd go for the smaller, the smaller building than none at all.
0: I think we are going to have to compromise when we get to that next step. You know, when the library building committee sits down to make those final adjustments. Um, you know, the fundraising efforts right now are, are for that full price library. Sure. And, um, you know, that's the dream and we're halfway there. So we're, we're at the point now we're in the ballpark of the money that people approve for the fire station. Right. So there is some kind of, you know, justification to say, well, you paid for the fire station at this price. We've raised half the money, you know, but that's a risk going into a room of 250 right. people when you need 60% to say correct.
3: Yeah. Now, don't forget our school building up there, which is absolutely gorgeous. It, it was done piecemeal. You started out with the school three grades. Three were still at McCollum Building. And then they added, and then they moved them all up there. And then they put on kindergarten and a multipurpose room. So, yes, it happened over several years, but it was eventually completed.
0: Right, and we want it in your lifetime, and our other donors have mentioned that too. They're like, listen, we got to get this done in our lifetime. So, um, you know, we're doubling down on the fundraising efforts sure. because sure. I feel like sometimes the money makes the project happen versus waiting for the voter to, you know, kind of vote it through as a full pay. So, we're going to get it done for you, Eileen, and if you want to name the children's room, meaning rights are available, Um, I think one of the chairs on the porch should have your
3: name on it. Don't don't forget, I've been through all of the rejections, Mm -hmm. though, well, I was, um, I hope instrumental one of those that helped get the money set aside to purchased the land to begin with, right. what, 25 years ago, whatever, um, so I've been to the library a long time. Well,
2: it's good advice, though, because you have seen um, different plants uh, yes. be, be axed, right. so it's good advice for ladies that might be a little impatient over here <laughs> to, just to keep an open mind right. about what we can do.
3: And don't forget, this building now belongs to the town, which was one of the big impediments yep. way back when those, what, two or three times it came before, mm-hmm. and people said, oh, you're going to move the building. It's all part of the town. Won't it make a
0: great historic society museum? I just, it would, <laughs> it, would
3: be, it would be, it would be super. It's a
0: piece of history. It's a beautiful That's my suggestion. I, yeah. I, I would hate to see it lay vacant. I think it would make a great I, museum.
3: D- that or, you know, genealogy is a big thing in, in history and all the artifacts and stuff, which of course goes with museum. But, okay. you know, we go to, if I go to do genealogy and you go to a small town, quite often they have a room or an office yeah. and they'll go through filing cabinets for you and, you know, look for things. Ooh, so idea. that kind of a help center uh, mm. would be a a good use.
1: Are you ready for the fun? Questions? I'm ready. Are you ready for some speed
2: round questions at
3: the bell? Oh wow! <laughs> I
2: like it. I got this from Toyland. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is. I would like to you know the last book that you've read.
3: I read books, but I never can remember the titles of the authors. And I know I read number one of his series, but I can't remember what, who the author was. Sorry.
0: Angela,
1: Piper. Piper. <laughs> <laughs> you, was I that the blue covers. Was a Patterson? I, um, I feel like I gave you Louise Penny. <clears throat> yes, right? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I'm reading that
2: one too. I Yes.
3: Think I yeah. Still life. <laughs> That's the,
2: the first book. Okay. <laughs> That's why she gets the big books. Okay. Ready? Your favorite
3: cocktail. <gasps> Play, a daiquiri on the rocks.
2: Ooh. I, I have one of those right now. Me too. We yeah, have to grass. Very good.
3: All right. Do you have a secret talent? A
2: secret talent? Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. I have lots of talents, but <laughs> I don't keep them secret.
0: <laughs> good answer. What would surprise us that you can do?
3: I have no idea. <laughs> so
2: the knitter, she knits during meet.
3: Oh, absolutely. What are you working on? Uh, right now, I'm working on baby mittens, oh, which kittens. I'm using.
2: Are hard.
3: Well, I'm using up my yarn. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to use up my leftover yarn, so I make mittens and hats, which I donate to share once they open up again. Mm-hmm. Right. So right now, I have baby yarn left over, so I'm doing I, baby mittens. I oh.
2: find mittens to be so difficult. I've tried it a couple of times, and one mitten is like <coughs> as big as my head. And the other um, mid-thumb is, like, for a record. I don't know. So that's a very good talent. Okay, we'd like to know your favorite town meeting story.
3: You want the story or... Okay, many, many years ago, this is the first one that comes to mind. Many, many years ago, when our town residents stood up and suggested we get rid of the principal at this (gasps) village school because the secretary does all the work anyway... And if you don't like that, we could just have everyone homeschooled and save a lot of money.
2: Wow. Uh, well.
0: And
1: was
2: it voted <laughs> through? No. <laughs> uh, got to get the most- no. <laughs> can you imagine the poor principal? Oh my gosh.
3: I, <laughs> you I, you know, doing. that was do homeschooling. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'd save a lot of money.
1: You went. On. Anybody can say anything at Tommy. I know you can. Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. I, mine was a, a lady at the meeting got up and said. Um, that she wanted to grow all our own food. Like, we we could be a self-sustained town, and that was her suggestion. Like, we don't need the grocery stores or anything. We're going to grow our own food and get the water out of the pot. I'm like, no.
2: Uh, (laughs) It would reduce taxes, she said. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure it would. Our last question is, do you have advice for a long and happy life?
3: Hmm. Long and happy life... I would say, well, in my case, depends on family. Mm -hmm. Whether it's your children, your parents, your in-laws, your whatever. Family comes first. Uh
1: Mm -hmm.
3: That's very good advice. You have a meeting that interferes? Sorry, I can't go. Uh Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But that's where the reward comes in. With family. Well,
0: it's working because you are 90 and fabulous and seem very happy and settled and have much of your life still in front of you. So I just want to thank you for coming in today. You're very Um, welcome. You're a main character in town and we didn't.
3: I hope you said character pleasantly, (laughs) not (laughs) 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 character.
0: Oh. Your daughter said don't bring a cake over, but we can't resist. So there's a little tiny. indulgence oh. for
1: you. It's a tiny cake. Yes. Perfect. We <laughs> have a birthday every day this year. <laughs> this uh,
3: I you. would.
0: Thank you, thank you for coming in. Um we are getting ready to switch to the night shift right now. So um happy library week everybody. Thank you. And we will look forward to reopening. Yes. this is exciting Here's after a year and uh, we are looking forward to seeing all the patrons and then town meeting not until June, but we'll see Eileen <coughs> at the microphone. so right <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah we were outside
2: we might be
1: outside